like for all of you who are like moving through your own underworld or you're moving through your own cycles of grief or mourning, because that is in the air right now. And, you know, hearing that like the next three years with Saturn and Pisces, I got to get my shit together. I got to know my dreams. I got to do all. No, 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 no. Because astrology is not to be capitalized on. It is to be in concert with. And what, whatever the, I'm going to say it, manifestation of Saturn in Pisces is for you is what it is meant to be. And the beautiful thing about astrology is it is cyclical. We will always end up in the same place we are now. We've been before new beginnings with old wisdom. And you'll keep spiraling in on yourself and visiting the same experiences and and navigating similar themes, but you will change and you will grow and you will do your dreaming and visioning and world building on your own time. But there is no rush. There is no pressure. There is no pushing necessary because that's not going to get you to where you need to be. Welcome to the Live Your Fuck Yes Life podcast, your place for real talk and conscious conversations about shit that really matters. I'm Amanda Catherine Loy, your resident queerdo, nonconformist, and trauma-informed coach for folks who are tired of the fucking shoulds and are craving something more. Stick around for all things relationship anarchy, coming out later in life, moving through the mess, and beyond. You ready? Here we go. Hey, hey, welcome to the pod and uh, this episode. I really want to get straight to it, um, but before I do, I want to share something with y'all um, that I've decided to do given uh, the nature of the world, and I just, I hope that you're hanging in amidst the continued uh, devastation Um that is happening in the U.S. and in the world, um, especially in the U.S. this last week. I'm just holding you all in my heart. And um, also want to do something for it. If you saw my Instagram stories yesterday, you know that I um, have re-sort of organized and gotten together my fucking queer merch line. Um, And I also put together a 15% off discount code for y'all that will run through the end of Pride um, just as a way for me to give back to you, um, give it everything. Um, And the the code for that is QUEERDO uh, in capital letters, um, Q-U-E-E-R-D-O. So go go crazy if you want. Grab a sticker, grab a mug, grab a cropped hoodie, grab a, a, a t-shirt, a, a, a lanyard, whatever feels good to you in your heart. Um, if you want to share it publicly and loud and proud or more at home and with yourself. Um, but I also wanted to share that I um, I'm going to be donating 100% of the proceeds. Um, I, I don't get a full amount um, because of, it's through an organization. I don't have uh, the, the means and the accessibility to, um, to, to house all that product myself. Um, but the product that, uh, the, the kickback that I do get, um, 100% of the proceeds will go um, to an LGBTQ uh, 
IA plus organization of your vote. Um, I, um, if you go over, if you're listening to this in real time, you can actually go vote on my Instagram stories. Um, the ones that I put in, um, in place there um, that I particularly love and have supported for a long time in various ways are the Human Rights Campaign, Brave Space Alliance, Rainbow Families. But if there are other ones that you are feeling really especially compelled to support, please just shoot me a DM and um, we'll go with whoever has the biggest vote um, it within the community. Um, I just, uh, I, I, together we make a difference. Together we can do what we can and this, this feels like something I can do um, and something we can do together as a community. And it also feels so topical given this conversation with Jordan because so much of the conversation we had today was how astrologically speaking, we are moving towards, um, you know, being in, in, in season of Aquarius, um, moving towards, uh, the, the collective in a way that we've never had and, and it's going to be that for for the next 20 years in the stars and I don't know if you're feeling that um, but I certainly am both as uh, myself within the collective but also in my interpersonal uh, relationships and just how everything has so shifted for me um, in, in some ways and, and also not in other ways um, and yeah this conversation is so fucking juicy um, and, and if you want, like I said, to, to contribute to that, um, and, um, and get yourself, uh, uh, a celebratory piece of merch, um, and also give back to yourself and also give back to, um, to the collective at large, um, you could just go to the show notes, um, or go to my website, um, and click on the merch link, um, or go to my link tree if you're in, you know, uh, Instagram or TikTok, wherever you're listening, um, or wherever you, you happen to be, um, you can, you can check it out there and, and, and find something that, that excites you. Um, but like I said, whether that's a sticker or whatever, it's all in the show notes for you. Um, and also all, all those places, but yeah, this episode is so incredible. And, um, I, I love Jordan so much. This is the fourth time she's been on the pod and, um, and I always come away so with so much wisdom from and feeling so grounded in um, and also like what the fuck's about to happen, but like in, in the best way. Um, and she truly uh, uh, gave me full body chills multiple times. Um, our conver- this conversation was so potent and um, and also we get really personal in this um, as per the fuck usual, but in, in, a, in a way that we haven't before um, together on the pod. So yeah, without further fucking ado, here we go. <laughs> oh my god. I'm so excited to do this with you. I like Me too. Okay, so like I we can just get right into it because I feel like you're an old friend at this point to the pod. Yeah, of course. Um, but like I, Jordan, cannot tell you, I went through because this is your fourth time on the podcast, which is Maybe this is the most I've ever done of any podcast. Yeah. And, and I'm I, not going to lie. I'm the resident astrologer of a couple podcasts. Yeah. Well, um, I love that. And I feel like I started <laughs> that trend for you. So I'm just going to say that. <laughs> um, but like, I, I, yeah. Cause you were like episode 76, 111, 137. And then 111. I know. I love that. I love my ones. Oh yeah. Oh shit. You have all the ones. Yeah. <laughs> She's showing me her tattoos. Um, since you guys can't be. Um, oh yeah. But- <laughs> I forgot where 
we're talking to all of our friends. It's not to just everybody. You and I. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you and I are just catching up like like old friends because we are old friends. Um, we've known each other since what, 20, like for real, for real since 2016, but even like kind of before that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I really, I just want to say this. I, I told you this a little bit like via voice memo the other day, but I want to say this in, in a more public space because I've been really, I, I re-listened to every single one of the podcasts for my heart, to be honest, like it's sort of to prep for this episode, but also because I have had such a very interesting relationship with woo shit. And for those of you who've been listening to the podcast since it's like earliest iteration, you'll know that I was like a woo skeptic, a woo skeptic. And what I've realized in the last few years is that a big reason for that was because I was in relationships where it was really poo-pooed. And anytime that I would like get excited about something or my intuition would feel really strong in something that might be perceived as witchy, um, I would get told that it was stupid or that it wasn't worth putting my time and energy into. And as someone who grew up in a really like educational space where critical thought was so present and also who has not really had a relationship to faith in the traditional sense of the word, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Cause it's not based in reality. It's not based in science and your friendship truly and, and talking to you on this podcast, but also just like having you in my life and, and having readings offline and also just like, just being in your sphere truly like over the last, what I can't do math, like fucking seven years, like has, has given me slowly, even though I was still in that sphere for a very long time throughout it, like the courage to shed all of the expectations and the shit you've taught me so much around how this is rooted in science and in the earth and in how the moon and water and everything moves through us. And like, go back to listen to the old episodes, y'all, if you want to like learn more of that, because really Jordan gets into the, the meat and potatoes of it. And it's incredible. Those all will all be linked in the show notes. But like, Beyond that, you've allowed a space for me and so many other folks by listening to feel like, oh, it's okay to step into this sphere and to feel pulled. And like, I cannot tell you, Jordan, how much my witchiness and my intuition has been coming to the surface in a way that like, I've always been intuitive. I've always been, that's like my gift as a, as a coach, a facilitator, a mentor is like, I can feel people. Like I know who they are. I can feel them. I feel their energy. Right. But like, oh, to, to have this like gift and to be, and to, it's, I owe so much of that to you being who you are and leading by an apologetic example. And also going back through these, these episodes, like your gift on this, in this world is so fucking palpable. And like, if, if I didn't believe before re-listening to this shit, where I was like, oh my God, literally, especially the last episode that we did together, which was like a year and change ago. And it was, it happened like as I was entering my depression and like four months before I officially left my marriage. And I was like, you know, I'm just closing out my Saturn return and literally everything that you said for me personally and the collective happened like to the point where I was like bawling in my car full body chills. I was sending you voice memos like you are a fucking magician. Like, and I just, I I just need you to know that like, 
you are so fucking appreciated and that the work you do in this world matters so much. And I'm so stoked to have you back to talk about for all of us, like millennials who are in the space of like either coming out of our Saturn return or like, you know, stepping, like, let's talk about that, but also like what's to come because truly like, I need you all to know that like, it is so fucking real. Like, it's just so real. And like, go back and listen. If you don't, like, if you want need to hear it from my personal standpoint, go back and listen. If you need the fucking proof, the data, I know some of you are like that, but like for all of you who just like really have been resistant to the, like the witchy shit and your intuition and your deepest self and connection with the earth and and astrology like you know because I was a poo-pooer of astrology when we first met like I was like I don't really believe this I don't think I resonate with being Aquarius and now I'm like I'm so Aquarius I don't even know what to do with myself like it's just <laughs> and you're like yeah. I've known this the whole time <laughs> listen first we have to know astrology is real because I am a Leo moon and Leo moons are fed by praise and I have just grown three sizes <laughs> Like, I feel like I have taken up the entire space in this room because of those kind words. Thank you so much. You know, I think in the realm of work that we do um, as space holders and as guides in the mediums and the modalities that we choose, there is so much of what feels like screaming into the void. Like, I feel like my job is to scream into the void and like, maybe, maybe sometimes get an echo back. So thank you for that booming echo. I cannot tell you how deeply soul affirming that is. And I just want to turn it back on you for a second, because every time we talk, (laughs) every time we talk, I've got your chart pulled up. And just to say, and to know you as one of the first, like, real readings I ever did when we met at that coffee shop. Yes. Well, we were doing that show. You, like, predicted that I was writing a book and I hadn't told anybody. Listen, (laughs) I know what I know. I know what I know. Um, But to say, you know, that you have gone from a woo skeptic into a person with their own witchy practices to me looking at your chart is evidence of you coming into your own because you are woo like you are woo and the denial of woo was a denial of part of you part of your superpowers and so just for you to say like you know, I, I changed my mind, which as I will say, as an Aquarius is no easy feat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, we talk about Tauruses being stubborn, but I think Aquarius might be easily (laughs) the most stubborn sign of the Zodiac. Um, it's my cancer and my Libra. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, It's, it's the Libra. Let's be honest. (laughs) But, you know, just to say like, I stand corrected in this long held belief that was keeping me safe and, and thus keeping me small, like Mm. bravo to you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And you're, you're so right. Like I try and give praise and like reflect the things I see to the people that are in my life and even strangers on the street as much as I can, because 
I know how much I, and it's not even coming from like a place of like, I need this fucking praise, but it feels so good to know that the work you do or just the who you are is seen and is accepted. Right. And like my deepest belief is that we are all just want to be seen, loved and accepted for who we are at our core. Right. And if we all just moved through the world in spaces where we could find belonging in those ways and, and, and accepted folks for who they are and set boundaries accordingly, I think the world would be a fucking better place. Right. And so I don't know. I, to me, it's like, obviously I'm going to reflect that shit to you because you are, and you've been such a gift to my world. Um, and to, and to everybody on the podcast listening, um, a gift to their world too. So yeah, I just appreciate you so fucking hard. And thank you for the reflection back because you're right. We don't get it very often. (laughs) People think like our DMS and our our emails are flooded with things. And like, I got an email this week from somebody who, and then this like never happens to me. And she was just like, I just need to say thank you for all the content you create. Like it's truly changed my life. And like saying all those things and I'm like, thank you. Like I never, you know, it's so rare to receive messages like that. And I've been doing this work for God, eight years now. And it's like those, I take screenshots of those messages. I put them in a folder on my phone as a reminder that the work that I do matters because truly like your, those words are like fuel sometimes when it's truly feels like you're screaming into a void, like, or it's like the, the, the numbers aren't coming in or you put something out into the world and nobody cares, you know, I mean, just, just because we are looking to liberate ourselves from the mechanics of capitalism doesn't mean that we're not subject to the same like whispers of worth and value when it's not reflected in the paychecks or it's not reflected in like the amount of work or the amount of opportunities and so yeah I do consider myself an anti-capitalist but I'm still a human being who has my own deconditioning and detangling to do well and the work that we do is so personal and so it it feels like external to the capitalist space because like we're sharing our deepest inner selves and it's really vulnerable to do that. And it's sometimes I feel sometimes desensitized to it because my ADHD just like, it's, I don't know how to not spill my, my, my brains to like, and it's just like, but like, it's really, it's also like a lot and it can be really challenging when then we receive things like from folks who don't resonate or like have, uh, I don't know, like issue with the things that we share or, you know, the trolls on fucking all the social media. It's, it's hard and beautiful work. And I wouldn't change it because I'm, I know I'm meant to do this work. Like it is. And I've known that for my, for as long as I've been doing this. I, and I'm really, since I've been put on the earth, I'm like, I just need to fucking speak my fucking truth, bitch. Like it's, it's my thing. Um, and when there's that integration of, it's not just a, it for, it's not for me. A part of it is because it's cathartic and release and it's, and it's my creative thing, but it's for it, for me, it's to be the light for other people and, and to be able to hopefully be a voice for people who don't have the space to understand or be the voiceless or for someone to feel seen in their experience. Right. Because I know what it's like to live in a way where I, I feel, I don't feel seen for any of my experiences. Yeah. Right. And that's my trauma coming to the surface. Ooh, we love it. But like, yeah having, having folks reflect that like you or, or like people who, who listen to the podcast and then say, Oh my God, I love the episode, this particular area, you know, it really like spoke to me. It means yeah. the fucking world. Um, because it means that it's landing, you know, and that's ultimately yeah. what, what we both want. <laughs> well, that is literally what we both want because you've so beautifully 
um, spoken to the Aquarian principle, you know, mm-hmm. um, the uh, access of Leo and Aquarius is one of purpose. Leo is the like, look at me, look at my talents, look at my skills, bathe me in, you know, in the spotlight. <laughs> Aren't I special? Aren't I wonderful? Yeah. But the full story of Leo includes the Aquarius, which is how do I give of myself? How do I recognize my worth, my talents, and what I have to offer? And how do I give that to the collective? Because that is my gift. Mm-hmm. You know, astrologically speaking, our gifts are not what earn us income, and our gifts are not necessarily what you know, bolster us to success in the world. Our gifts are what light us up, what bring us joys. And our gifts live in the same place that our hobbies live. Mm. And so there is something that's so dehumanizing, I think, through the lens of capitalism, where our hobbies and the things that we do to escape from the machine of it all and the things that we do to recharge and replenish and remind ourselves that we are something worthy, like beyond just like how we produce and how we output. Um, the diminishment of that is like the diminishment of like humanness. Yeah. And so to do the Aquarian thing of like, I know what it is to feel different than that's Aquarius. I know what it is to be a spectator looking in. I know what it is to feel separate and bridging the gap by giving what you know you have to offer and having it be an act of collective care. Yeah. 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 And it's why like I have never been able to feel like I could subscribe to capitalist structures. Like I've just been so anti that my whole life. And, and yeah, it's also I, the Aquarius in us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, both Jordan and I are Aquarius. If you're new to Jordan, like she's hardcore Aquarius. And you have Leo too. What's, what is your, what are your rising and your, yeah, let's talk rise forever. Let's just go over recap rising and, um, yes. and moons too, because I, I know that there's a lot of queer babies listening and they know all of those things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just for fun, I'm I just moved to upstate New York. And so I'm doing some like networking. And by that I mean just like just like emailing companies that I or like businesses up here that I like love. And there's a restaurant um that's called Little Deb's Oasis. It is like a queer mecca in like upstate New York, the most incredible food and ambiance. And so I just emailed them and I was like, you know what queers love? Astrology. Yeah. <laughs> Just to see if there was like any room for partnership. And the email I got back was like, you're right. Queers do love astrology. Yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> it's like, I truly like since coming out, like I feel like any queer person I interact with, like on it, or I've interacted in the past with on a dating app, it's like the second question is like, okay, can you add me on CoStar and or like, what are your, you know, like, sun moon and rising and I'm like I've had to learn this but I know it now (laughs) listen the fact that I was becoming an astrologer while also the most single I had ever been like on the apps the like social currency in queer circles of that did not go unnoticed on my part (laughs) I was like do you know what I am you're like hello you would like to date me That's so funny. Okay, okay, so okay. you're Aquarius sun, sun like me. Aquarius sun, yes. Leo moon, Gemini rising. 
Oh yeah. I forgot you were a Gemini rising. Yeah. And I'm an Aquarius sun as a reminder, a Libra moon and mm-hmm. a cancer rising, which yes. makes all the fucking sense. If you know, astrology. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so your sun sign is, it's like your general vibe. I like yeah, to let's go over the sun- basics like real quick, because I feel like yeah. it's been a while since we've talked about this for those yeah. who are like, what the fuck? I don't know what this is. On the most basic level, I like to think about the sun as like, if we're all movies, the sun is going to tell you the genre of movie. So like as an Aquarius, we are like sci-fi or like some future utopian, you know, otherworldly, you know, genre, but there are a million ways to tell that story. And so that's kind of like the overarching genre, the like vibe of who you are. The Hunger Games. (laughs) But with more flow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the moon <laughs> is your inner world. It's like when people say, well, at my core, I'm X, Y, Z. They're talking about their moon sign. Um, so your moon is like your inner world. It's who you are when you are alone. Mm. Um, it's what you need to be, to feel safe, to feel taken care of. It's how you were nurtured and how you are nurtured. Mm -hmm. Astrologically speaking, and this is getting a little advanced, but it does get interesting. The moon in your chart and the relationships to the moon from other planets speak to the relationship you held with your mother and sun is dad stuff sun and saturn is dad stuff um so that tends to come up in readings when i'm like so tell me about your mom yeah yeah i love that um and then your rising sign is the energy you lead with it's your first impression um when you walk into a room you bring the energy with your of your rising sign it's kind of like your phone voice that sounds different than your real voice Mm. so it's like that the persona that like naturally comes up when you're stressed when you're in new environments and so when people first meet you, they meet your rising sign, they get to know you, they get to know your sun sign. And then if they're lucky, they'll get to know your moon sign. Some moon signs are more sort of like withholding than others. Yeah. Totally. As a Leo moon and a Libra moon, it's like pretty quick. Yeah. We hear, we hear. <laughs> like, we hear <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always used to um, be really confused. I remember like years ago about like my cancer being rising. Cause I was like, I don't really and now I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's so real. Okay. So I really want to like talk of, we've talked about it in small ways in the past, but I, you and I both just came, well, wait, when did you end your Saturn return? Did we come at it a, a bit at the same time or was yours a little bit before mine? I, so I have Saturn in Capricorn. So my Saturn return was um 2018 to 2020 yeah 2018 to 2020 okay and then yours was 2020 to March just now literally which is like (laughs) which is I can tell you okay before we get into what that means what is can we just go over like what is a Saturn return for folks who don't know this so everyone has Saturn somewhere in their chart and Saturn is the planet of maturity and structure and boundaries and time. Mm. Saturn is father time and also sort of the cosmic life coach that doesn't care about your feelings or your comforts or like, and anything mm. except for your maturity and Saturn moves pretty slowly And it takes Saturn about 29 years to move all the way around the Zodiac and end up in the same place it was when you were born. 
Um, and sometimes it's 30, it depends. Um, but that initiates about a two and a half to three year period where you are becoming an adult. And the way Saturn does that is through challenge and the sort of like responsibilities, the like, well, that's what you got to do because you're a person. And so I like to view it as Saturn puts the weight of the world on your shoulders and says, great, now lift from the knees. Mm. And Saturn, we are challenged by Saturn every seven years. Every seven years, we hit a, a growth point or a maturity point. But your Saturn return is really when Saturn initiates you into adulthood by reminding you that you are in charge of your life. You are, you are autonomous, you are sovereign and it removes or sort of crumbles all of the structures that were built on a (laughs) soil of, that were, that wasn't integrity. integrity. Exactly. And so it's like other people's standards, other people's expectations, all of those come crashing down. And it can be a really disorienting period where it's like, well, how can I be 30 years old and know less about myself than I thought I did when I was 25? But that version of self was so, you know, mangled by other people's stuff and our, you know, our upbringing and our conditioning and the expectations of our workplace and all of that stuff. And then Saturn return hits and it's like, oh, wow, I don't, I don't know anything anymore. And it feels really bad. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Does it tend to, cause I feel like I remember you saying this, it tends to exist around 30, like the start of it for most people. Okay. And if you uh, wanted to know like where your Saturn is, like, could you find that on your chart? Yeah. For folks so, listening? Yes. So Saturn um, is one of the symbols that'll be in your chart. It kind of looks like an H with a, with a line through the yeah, top. I'm looking at it on my co-star right now because it's the easiest chart to pull up. <laughs> yeah. So that's Saturn. And um, Saturn's not a bad guy. Saturn's like very necessary <laughs> to grow. So I do not subscribe to like the catastrophizing of Saturn return. I don't subscribe to any catastrophizing. I don't think it's helpful. Um, But it's Saturn return that like sets you up for adulthood. And like, so this has been my experience. I'm curious if this is this, if this is also correct astrology, astrology wise, like I so like, if you're talking 2020 until basically now, <laughs> um, it has been a season of my life that has been, uh, I felt like I, I existed in so much of it underwater mm-hmm. and um, experiencing more trauma than I knew a person could experience. Um, and it was also in tandem, this unyielding liberation and like cyclical coming home to self and a like softening into my deepest knowing um, that led to a lot of external shifts. But internally, I have felt more connected in the through line of that timeline than I have in any point of my life period. And 
you know, it's so interesting because on the other side of divorce, people always just assume that you're like finally getting yourself back. And there's this narrative of like, oh, you're, you're coming, you're coming back to yourself. And that was true physically because my body had been in fight or flight and freeze for so long in chunks and in, in small chunks and in very, very big chunks. And so my nervous system was coming back online. So I was like, you know, moving through that and and experiencing like PTSD stuff and all sorts of those things. And the knowing the centered liberation of my truest self, my deepest values, all of the things that matter were the most clear during that time. And I, I remember saying to people, no, I, I have been so clear on myself and on who I am. I just now look like I'm well again, because I wasn't, you know, and that's, that's what you're seeing change, but all the knowing has been so centered during that time. Is that like astrologically speaking, what this time kind of is meant to look like, or was that just my shit? (laughs) So your Saturn return is always a time of becoming and Mm -hmm in the the themes and the areas of life that are that are coming together that are being strengthened that are being demolished that are being renovated um is dependent on your chart mm. and your saturn return fell in the 8th house which is also where my saturn return was and the 8th yeah. house is the house of the underworld it is where we are changed in a way that we cannot come back from through circumstances like death, loss, trauma, divorce. Um, It is a house of, um, of grief. It is a house of um, trauma, but it is also a house of healing and a house of power. It Mm -hmm. is where we are empowered Mm. by our brushes with the underworld. Because you don't necessarily know how powerful you are until you've been pushed into embodying that power. And you don't do that from a place of comfort. The eighth house is where you go to be changed. It's where you you descend through the seven gates of hell and Mm -hmm. you are, you know, reborn, like raw and vulnerable and more powerful than you were when you went in. Yeah. I mean, that feels a thousand and ten fucking percent true. And the lessons of an eighth house Saturn return for anyone with an eighth house Saturn return, doesn't matter what sign um, or even the time that Saturn spends in your eighth house. So like if you are a Leo rising, then Saturn is going to be in your eighth house for the next three years. It is a time of learning psychological boundaries. Because the eighth house is also about where two things become one, where we merge with another. It is in romantic relationships, like when we are married, you know, and their stuff becomes your stuff, both material, like materialistically, but also psychologically, emotionally, spiritually. Um, That happens in collaboration when you trust someone enough and soften into vulnerability enough to trust someone to follow through with your vision, your creative ideal. Yeah. Um, The eighth house is a house that has the potential for us to abandon ourselves within. And so Saturn return is a planet that separates that that creates a barrier or a boundary between. And so it is really the embodiment of um, 
my favorite definition of boundaries, Prentice Help Bill says, boundaries is a space necessary to love me and something else simultaneously. Mm. And how do I build safety and comfort in that space and not see it as abandonment or rejection or, you know, a a slight on my self-worth or self-esteem, but in turn, a a beacon of that self-esteem because I value myself enough to remain separate. Yeah. I always see that. I've always, and this is what I teach when I teach about boundaries too, because I think like some people teach them in weird ways that I don't understand. But like, for me, it's like, it's, it's a way to help me love me and you love me. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's not about a wall. It's about bringing someone in, in a, in an intentional way. And it also like can be a really great tell if someone is going to be supportive of, of your own boundaries or not based on how they respond. And like, you know, that's a good thing to note. Yeah. I think (laughs) think that also will play into a lot of the astrology of this year of like boundaries, teach people how to love you. And if you are not setting boundaries with people, then you can't expect them to meet all of your needs because they don't know what they are. If you are so compromising and accommodating that you are creating the culture of being walked all over. Well, and also like there's the collective culture, not just Mm -hmm. our own stuff, because one, we're never taught how to fucking set boundaries accordingly. Um, So like, if you need support with that, like, you know, we got you, but two, like there, there is a culture, especially around femme folk who, where it's like, it's not safe to set those boundaries. We live in a patriarchal culture um, and a, and a culture rooted in like very problematic power dynamics where it's not safe to do so. And so that's why you see so many femme folk existing as people pleasers and recovering people pleasers. And it's really because the trauma of living in the patriarchy or being in patriarchal relationships And that's, I'm not just talking about like men, women, I'm talking about patriarchal culture rooted relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, It is really fucking challenging to be able to get out of that space and be able to set boundaries when you're in those containers because they're not safe. They're not safe. And so we cope. That is such a huge through line of not the next 18 months, but come um, July the eclipses, like the access the eclipses happen on are shifting into Aries and Libra. Mm. And um, that sort of brings into focus, like solo drive and desires versus interpersonal relationships. And, you know, the self, the me within the we, but also reexamining and releasing um, cultures of codependency and, um, like standards of relating that are too accommodating or that are people pleasing Mm. standards of beauty, standards of being standards of relating. The second I like was even just like thinking about prepping for this. I was like, Oh, this South node in Libra is going to be your time to shine because everything you teach and preach about is coming up for review for people on a individual and collective basis to reevaluate are the ways that we're relating to each other and to the world around us rooted in injustice, in fairness, in balance. Mm. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert. It's not. Spoiler yeah. alert. I also think it's so interesting that you bring that up. Like as we are, I mean, consistently on the fucking throes of so many massive 
collective traumas between like the school shooting that happened earlier this week um as we're recording this um if you're listening in real time or like all the tram anti-trans bills that are happening and I mean and that's just in the U.S. right where or like there's global so much stuff and and it I people always say and have been saying for the last few years like it feels like so much is happening in a, at a rate that we haven't seen before, which in, I think to some degree might be true, but it's like, all oh, if you're surprised, you're not paying attention. You know, it's like, this is history repeating itself over and fucking over again. And, and we, we exist in a culture that's going to only like until the fucking system is broken, which, you know, LOL in this country, we'll see. But like, you know, as someone who who's not from this country and is like, feels like this I technically am an alien according to this country um it's literally what's on my green and according card. to your astrology and I truly I am <laughs> an alien. um but it's like you know it's so fascinating to be in a country that I don't belong to but that I've chosen to live in and constantly be like be be then exist to having to exist and choosing to exist within the structures of this of this um of this country and like I think it's so interesting that we're stepping into, okay, I want to get to like what's coming up, but like, I want to make sure that folks who are fascinated about Saturn return, because I know our ADHD brains are going to get off track. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm just okay, putting let it me into give, the room. Let me give like the, the like quintessential little like mantras I offer for Saturn return. Love. Just like love as a wrapping that up, because I very much want to talk about the world we're yes. in right now, astrologically. Yes. So for Saturn return, it is about becoming an adult and taking responsibility for your life. It is on, if it is on your plate, it's yours to deal with. Saturn does not care who put it there. Mm -hmm. It is a time of accountability over victim mentality, um, accountability over blame, um, and greeting challenge whenever you're dealing with Saturn stuff, when you're in your Saturn return, or you have like some Saturn stuff happening in your chart, um, using the perspective of why is this happening for me rather than why is this happening to me, me will always seat you in a position of accountability. Yes. But it's always about like, how can I, you know, take responsibility for what I am moving through in order to be empowered to do with it what I will, rather than waiting for someone else to swoop through and save you or mm. whatever. Mm. unburden you mm. um so like I said Saturn return is about growing stronger muscles and not waiting for the weight of the world to somehow roll off your shoulders mm. and I just want to say this for folks who might like have a weird thing attached to the word empowered because I think like that that term got thrown around a lot in the self-development world is a very like woo -woo. what Jordan is meaning because I know this is how, how you're meaning it is like in your power like in your personal power like in as your wholehearted self like stepping from that space and moving from inside out um inside what out. did they do to empowered <laughs> I haven't been following along. Oh, like it was like a very, it, really did. it was like, and I, I prescribed to this too, because I was like desperate for some kind of safety and, and love and, and belonging. And like, I was so such a personal development junkie in like 2015, 2016, 2017. Mm. And like oh, every, what they did to the word manifestation. Totally. And every, every word was like, be your most empowered self. And it was like, I'm going to drink my juice. 
Live, and work, I'm, love, empowered. Like, yes, it was like, it was attached to <laughs> that. Goods, and so empowered. We're talking like in your power, like in your fucking yes. like truest, wholehearted, knowing, like I call this, you're coming home to yourself, your unapologetic self, like your deepest knowing. That's that's my verbiage. Jordan's verbiage is empowered. Like you t- just take that and know that that's the center of it. That's the core. I also want to say that from this perspective of eighth house empowerment, it is empowerment that is not pretty. It is messy. It is raw. It is vulnerable. It is the part of you that you would love for no one to see. And so (laughs) that empowerment is not written in any sort of calligraphy. It does not feel exciting. It feels not your, it's finding the magic in the mess. As I say all the time, (laughs) it literally it literally feels like you're dying because part of you is. I was. That's the eighth house totally. is, is death leading to rebirth. And part of Oof. dealing in eighth house topics is about embodying the Phoenix and preparing yourself to rise by allowing yourself to burn, baby. Burn. It is so real. All right. Moving on from Santa return because we got to okay. get into the goods, but holy fuck, Jordan. <laughs> let's, let's talk about where we are now because we are. We are very literally in a different world. Um, So the most major astrology of this year has just happened. March. We're in, we're, can I say we're recording in March? Yeah. Cause this is dropping tomorrow where we're, we're going. Okay. (laughs) We're all in March right now. And um, March had some major shifting of energy on the seventh Saturn moved from Aquarius, where he's been for the last three years, into Pisces. And Saturn will spend the next three years in Pisces, where Saturn is like the ruler of the rules, like the way that things are. And Pisces is the ocean. Mm -hmm. And the rules of the ocean are different than the rules of land where the way of being is a little bit more fluid and a little bit more flexible. And the aim of the next three years is the commitment to the dream. That's Pisces, the dream, the vision, the memory, you know, before there is an idea, before there's a blueprint, before there's a building, there's a dream. And that's where we are now. We are at, we are at this world building phase Mm -hmm. and the people leading the charge are the ones creating the art the prophets who paint and write and speak and sing and dance the future Mm -hmm. into being it is in i'm I'm getting so emotional oh okay it's it's a magical time but it also requires us to work with the laws of the ocean and I just saw this documentary that like, it was like a 30 minute episode from this Netflix show called Good Game or something. It was like a sports <laughs> doc. I, I love a sports documentary. I don't care about sports at all. Um, but this one episode was about free diving. Oh, and it cool. talked about how free diving is one of the most dangerous sports on earth. Um, it's in the most, you know, like uncontrolled environment that you could imagine Um, And it is like mostly led by female athletes. Love that. Mm. Um, But in one of the interviews, the, um, the free diver was talking about how in the water, adrenaline is not your friend. Um, How free diving is a sport that you have to greet with calm 
because the second you start to aggress your way towards the sea, the sea will not respond to you. Yeah. The you sea have will to be break. one with it. Yeah. Yes. And so in order to really dig into the place we need to go, we need to practice calm and like regulating of the nervous system. And we have to find that space of tranquility. It makes me think of like a mind palace Mm. in order to allow the visions and the, like the way, I mean, let's just go there. The way I'm imagining this now is like, you know, how you read a piece of maybe fiction that was written 50 years ago. And you're like, how did they know? Mm. Like, how did they know they had a, me- it's like they were implanted with a memory of what is to come. And that's like where we are now. We are channels. And those of us who are willing to kind of sit into it and like find the, like that calm space of receptivity, like mm-hmm. we're the ones who get the vision. And then it is our responsibility to believe in that vision. It's like Mm. our reality is only bound right now by our capacity to dream and believe in what is possible. Um, One of uh, a text that this reminds me of is um, a book by Deepak Chopra. And I'm not like, I don't subscribe to anyone like too deeply. Yeah, because you shouldn't do that that. (laughs) No, yeah, no no gurus. And I say should with intention because y'all know I don't should unless I mean. No, but I'm a a no gurus person. So, and I know people have certain feelings about him, but he has a text called the seven spiritual laws of success. And he talks so much about the, the themes of what we're navigating of uncertainty and grasping at control, which is this illusion, you know, you can't control anything but yourself in the moment. Um, And he talks about the, about uncertainty as the plane of infinite possibility. If you don't know what is anything could be, and that's sort of the realm that we're in. Yeah. So Saturn. That kind of also reminds me of um, the poet and activist Alok uh, V. Menon Um, Mm -hmm. and their work, like, and just be their being to me, like is one of the many folks that I just constantly I'm like I want to hear everything you have to say and and all of the they are a future builder 100% absolutely a future builder and there are so many folks I mean I think of bell hooks and like all about love is like Mm -hmm. one of the most important if there if I were to ever have a bible the closest thing would be that that text for me because it's the one I come back to the most in terms of feeling seen and like this is the way that I move through the world um and that I wish more folks moved through the world from um so, yeah, I also, before we move on, because I know you, um, when you say commitment to the dream, I, I immediately I started thinking about my dreams that I'm currently sitting in. And I bet you a lot of other folks started thinking the same. And I'm curious, like, what is what dream is in you right now? Hmm. I have so many dreams and all of them sort of lead to maybe I'm going to cry. I dream of changing the world. Very casual. Yeah. Um, Of making an impact that is larger than me of helping to celebrate and to heal Mm -hmm. the collective. And that's always, always, always been the dream. And my whole life has been about trying to find my avenue for doing Your that path in, yeah mm-hmm. do you and feel like you have the clarity around what that looks like right now um 
for now, I think I do for yeah. now. I know that I, I just do what I'm doing and I do more of it and I write and I face, you know, I sit one, sit, you know, one-to-one with people and I celebrate them and I leave them feeling hopefully seen and validated. And I feel like every person I connect with is my opportunity to change the world. Like every time, um, even if it's like in one, one, one soul at a time, um, that's the ripple effect I'm, from I'm one soul is more massive than we give credit for a lot of the yeah. time. But my mantra, which also, which also really aligns with like your trajectory, we both have Pisces at the top of our charts. Um, is I I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm on my way. Mm. You know, and I think the rest will materialize as I put one foot in front of the oh, other. that just made me think of the new Miley Cyrus song that uh on the new have you listened to her album her I newest haven't. album so I'm not I'm not usually like the most Miley fan but as she's gotten more in her queerness I'm like all right and there's a song she did with um with Brandy Carlisle with who's like mm-hmm. my shit and it is it just reminded me of that feeling you should listen to it I think it's called thousand miles I'll put it in the show notes for all oh, you okay um, yeah please do but yeah and I every time I listen to it my whole body goes like I can't, I'm, I, you can't see what I'm doing, but it's like full rise. Like my whole, oh, I love feels that. Open. yeah, it's just like, okay. Yeah. This is a vibe. You know? <laughs> um, we love a vibe. Well, thank you for sharing your dream. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, also most immediately, um, my dream is to be the astrologer to the real housewives. <laughs> I'm just by putting that, I'm just putting that out there just in case Andy Cohen is listening. (laughs) Andy Cohen's niece is listening. Like anyone, you know, just saying, because I'm a Gemini rising and the way I manifest is never shutting the fuck up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We can, we can move on. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Okay. So. Moving on. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the most, most major astrology of this year. On March 23rd, Pluto, the planet of power, um, destruction, soul energy, moved into Aquarius. And um, Pluto's only going to spend a couple months in Aquarius before moving back into Capricorn, but this is huge. Pluto has not been in Aquarius since 1777. Holy shit. And Pluto is the planet that rules the systems we live within, those invisible ties that bind us. The structures. Yes. Yeah. But even deeper than the structures, it's like the, it's like the, um, I don't know, like why I'm seeing it is like, it's like the fibers that build the structures. Mm, It's much more insidious than even just the structures themselves. Insidious as in like subtle and unassuming, unless you're very, you know, keen to it. Anyway. Yes, I know um, what you mean. (laughs) Pluto has spent the last 15 years since 2008 in the sign of Capricorn. And it has really brought an overgrowth to the Capricornian principles, which are achievement focused. It's, you know, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, like rise in the ranks 
how, you know, like no all one's external gonna, extrinsic yeah, stuff. It's is like, your who's work. gonna get you there if you're not gonna put in the work? It's very me centered. Yeah. Um, personal development, self development, all of you know, like refining and mastering your self understanding, all of that came to a head. And now Pluto and Aquarius is like, who the fuck do you think you are to make this about you? Yeah. Because Aquarius is the collective. Yes. Aquarius and Pluto and Aquarius is here to remind us that self-care is not self-care, period. It's not self-care hard stop. It is self-care for collective care. Yes. Because if you're not investing in the collective, then you're not doing it right. Oh my gosh. To Pluto. So like, this is a thing I've been talking about a lot in my inner circle. Um, and what you're talking about, like, makes me think of this, but I've been, oh, I have been so frustrated and having such big fucking feels about how like the pop culture, personal development, and even pop culture therapy models um, and what most people are receiving education around. It feels like, because I see so much of it is this push towards hyper-independence, which is very much like the rah, 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 me, achievement focus, external things are my markers. Main character energy. Exactly, which like, I think that there's so much value in having the self-worth attached to that. But when we are islands, like people on a fucking island, we forget that there's all these other things that exist and we have to live with each other. The only way we have connection, belonging, like love, the core things that we need that are actually at our root when it comes to like psychology, our bodies needs is all of these things that exist in community. It exists in the collective. And I have for years been like, why are we focusing on this hyper-independent thing and also like, yeah, codependency is not the best if it's unhealthy. Let's find like it's some interdependence here. Let's like move into the space. And I just love that like That's astrologically speaking, we are we are hopefully going to have the energy attached to that move. And I'm seeing that wave starting to change uh, in some folk. But like I've been truly just like the fuck bitches. Like let's 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 change the things we're, yes. we're, we're talking about. Will Pluto's time in Aquarius move us to a more communal system of living? I do think so. What that looks like, who knows? I think that it will also really amplify counterculture, subculture um, in all sorts of ways. We're dealing with all all, a full spectrum of subcultures. Um, And so I think that there is so much that Pluto and Aquarius will break up as far as the systems of capitalism, the systems of the patriarchy and white supremacy and all of that. But the voices of the marginalized of all the marginalized are also amplified. And so like the, not to say that there will be like many insurrections, but it makes me think of like the insurrection. And like, that is a quote unquote marginalized group yeah. who had something to say, a revolt. Pluto and Aquarius is a lot about revolt, about revela- revolution. Um, mm. And, you know, I think about where we were as a country the last time Pluto was in Aquarius. We were building a new country with no oversight, with no rules, founded on, you know, liberty and happiness and justice and all of these things that have gotten lost in the sauce and so now it's 
either a time of reclamation of that or the further breaking down. We will see. Or both. Or both. Yeah. Um, And going back to the like hyper individualism of things, um, you know, astrologically speaking, as an astrologer, I am always looking at the micro within the macro and the micro macro within the micro, because that's what astrology is. You know, every sign has a sibling sign. Mm. Um, Aries, the self is the micro Libra across the sky is the macro. That's your interpersonal relationships. You know, Leah, like we talked about is our talents. The reasons we are special Aquarius across the sky is the macro. It's the audience. It's the people that you're giving to. Mm. Um, And so nothing works in a vacuum. Yeah. Which is why self-care is the micro collective care has to be the macro. There has to be both. You can't do self-care without the intention of bringing that out into the world. And you certainly can't do collective care without self-care because that's self-abandonment. You 100%. need that balance. Yeah. Mm. Mm. How long is Pluto and Aquarius for? Like, do we know that? Like 20 years. Fuck yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so let's and just also say, fuck. Oh shit. <laughs> you know, I oh shit because like who fucking knows? Like yeah. Oh, well, shit and with the realm. way that the, the the collective is moving from a like external standpoint, it's yes. It, there's a lot that's happening. But you know, Aquarius, Pluto is power, and Aquarius are the people. And so the mm. more we can, Fuck yeah. I'm, I'm going to use that word again, empower each <laughs> other, celebrate each other, bring our wholest, most authentic, most rooted in self-worth self to each other, to the collective, we're organizing. Yeah. You know, yeah. just even like being in communities of like-minded individuals queer individuals, you know, creative individuals, like whoever you are, you finding your people is part of the process coming together and speaking as one and advocating for your needs to be met for your sovereignty to be honored. That's what this period is all about. It's power to the people Mm -hmm. and the ones who are you know, privy to the power we have right now are people who understand astrology. They're queer people. They're people who are interested in understanding themselves. And in turn, they'll learn that in understanding yourself, you have a better understanding of what you have to offer. The ways in which you can make an impact in a way that is larger than you, not for the sake of a paycheck, not for the sake of status, not for the sake of satisfying anyone else's expectations of you because, but because it is your birthright. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. And I, and I feel that so much. And I also hope that if you're listening and you're like, I don't even know where to fucking start when it comes to my birthright, because I'm so, my nervous system is so shot and I'm so inundated by the stuff that like, I don't know that hearing our, our path through like the shit will give you some hope or 
that may be, you know, like figuring out what your, your stuff is, your rising and your moon and your sun might give you a little, like a deep, a tool, right. To like deepen your, your sense of self, um, or whatever it is that really speaks to you. Right. Um, because it, it doesn't have to be this like massive thing in the way Jordan and I have done it, you know, in our own unique ways, it can be such a simple, process of just getting to know yourself and, and, and getting curious about, Mm -hmm. about the things you haven't been curious about before. Right. There's, there's always a path in. I have the privilege, like the absolute honor of, of meeting people and introducing them to their astrology. And to me, that is like such a gift and something I do not take for granted, um, that people trust me with something so vulnerable as their birth chart. And then they ask, well, what do I do with this? Like, okay, I've learned that I'm a, you know, that I'm a Capricorn rising, but what do I do with this? And the most simple use of astrology is to learn to love yourself even better, you know, to, to accept and to hold and to honor your uniqueness, your needs, the way you move through the world, the way your, you know, what your personal rhythms are and the ways that they might be different than everyone around you and to have peace with that and to have accepting with that. And it's like, obviously easier said than done. But I think that understanding your astrology is a way of honoring the self and finding acceptance in in the self. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I mean, like the first, I think the first episode that we did episode 76 is called like unlocking your authentic self through astrology. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a tool to be able to support yourself through that process. And one that like, I have now seen the data attached to like it being truly so fucking yes on fully on. So I'm like, I'm a full believer. I'm a witch bitch. And another (laughs) thing I want to speak on also just like to do my due diligence as a um, anti-capitalist astrologer is like for all of you who are like moving through your own underworld or you're moving through your own cycles of grief or mourning, because that is in the air right now. And, you know, hearing that like the next three years with Saturn and Aquarius, I got to get my shit or like Saturn and Pisces, you got to get my shit together. I got to know my dreams. I got to do all. No, no, Mm. no, no, no. Mm. Because astrology is not to be capitalized on. Mm. It is to be, it is to be in concert with. Yeah. And what, whatever the, I'm going to say it, manifestation of Saturn <laughs> in Pisces is for you is what it is meant to be. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about astrology is it is cyclical. We will always end up in the same place we are now. We've been before new beginnings with old wisdom and you'll keep spiraling in on yourself and visiting the same experiences and, and navigating similar themes, but you will change and you will grow and you will do your dreaming and visioning and world building on your own time but there is no rush. There is no pressure. There is no pushing necessary because that's not going to get you to where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think, thank you for saying that because I I think it can feel kind of daunting to be like what's coming up. And I, I I also just want to like 
remind you of what I was saying at the beginning to Jordan of like, sometimes you cannot, like we have to be in flow. And like Jordan said, in concert with our, our present to be able to move into our future. But sometimes we cannot like understand the pieces until we look back and be like, oh yes, I was always meant to be here. But when we're in it, depending on our lived experiences, our traumas, our, you know, our bodies and their their capabilities, our neurodivergencies, right? We all have unique experiences moving through the world. Um, and so just know that like exactly what you're navigating right now is, is, what's, is what's meant for you and what's coming is what's meant for you. And you may not be able to understand it in your brain, but your body knows. And just trust the process of being in concert with yourself because that has been, at least for me, the path in more than anything. Um, and I think this is a beautiful structure for that, you know, a structure to be able to flow within, you know, which is how I, I move through the world and how I teach. So I love that we're always in space with that. Okay. So obviously March has been like a big time for us. Is there yes. anything else coming up for the rest of the year in terms of like dates or things to like? Yes. So there are some other big things I mentioned earlier, the axis where the eclipses are happening, which are called the nodes, the North node and the South node. Those are where the eclipses happen and they will be shifting from Taurus and Scorpio into Aries and Libra. And so for since January of 2022, the eclipses have been happening in Taurus and Scorpio. I know that we talked about this last year, but as a refresher, um, wherever the North node is, which is currently Taurus, is the energy we are calling in. We are devouring that energy. And then across the sky, we are releasing that energy. In this case, it is Scorpio, devouring Taurus, releasing Scorpio. And so what we have been thrust into since January, 2022 is the removal of things that we believe to be permanent. Mm. Um, We are having to reevaluate what is familiar and build new familiarity. It has sort of felt like a life or death kind of experience because on a lot of levels, it has been, we have all been asked to change in the places we are least willing to change. And in turn, we are losing, we are losing retachments. We are losing comforts. We are losing complacencies in favor of discomfort, in Mm. favor of transformation and of growth. And in turn, we are grieving, we are mourning, There are parts of us that are withering away and there are new parts that are blossoming, but all of it is in the realm of like discomfort. Mm. So I have a feeling that it probably won't be until July that we were really able to look back at the debris of this last eclipse cycle and be like, what the fuck was that? Um, And now the themes are shifting from air into Aries and Libra, which is devouring Aries, devouring um, the self impulse, honoring desire. Aries is very much um, a warrior for the self. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it is a focus on personal development with the consideration of Libra, with the consideration of the other. And Mm -hmm. so it will bring into conversation around how you show up to your relationships, all sorts of relationships, um, personal relationships with other people, but also your relationship to work, your relationship to family, your relationship to your barista, like whatever, all of your relationships. We are relational beings. Everything that we stand in front of, we are in relationship with. And so yeah. all of that is being brought up. We are also releasing our attachments to or our adherence to beauty standards that are oppressive. Um, 
cycles or patterns of codependence in favor of interdependence. That's where we bridge the gap between independent, codependent, interdependent. We love that. We do. Um, (laughs) It is um, releasing. Yeah, it's like self-development and releasing too much like accommodating. Yeah. Okay, so like leap... Libra, I always have seen as like, and I know, I know it as like my moon sign, right? But like, it's always like, it's a very much like seeing both sides too. Is that like a piece? That's a big piece of the Libra stuff. I'm not as like, obviously yes. well person as stuff as you are. Yes. Right. So like, uh, would it, would it make sense then that we are also like stepping into a season where the, there's what much more public, um, and media presence and voices that are much more forward around the breaking of the binary um, in terms 100%. of 100. Yeah, like I, I'm thinking about this, like truly from like the lens of like, all sorts of things, but specifically the things that this podcast really focuses on, right? Non-traditional relationship models and like not necessarily living in the toxic monogamous culture that we've existed in, but that, that there's a gradient of how that can exist and what that might feel for you and me, me existing so much as a relationship anarchist and not having hierarchy in my relationships and never having had a hierarchy in my relationships in my whole life, other than the, some of the prescribed hierarchy that just inevitably happens um, when you get married um, in this, in this country, because LOL structures. Right. So there's that. And then also thinking about like queerness and the spectrum that is queerness and, you know, me being so like, uh, the reason I was in the closet for so long was because I was like, you're either straight or you're gay. And like, there's bisexuality was just, there was so much biphobia in that space. And and I live so much in the gray in like every space or, or not in the binary and basically every way in the world. I don't understand how to see the world that way. And so I was like, yeah, this makes sense. And like, from a gender standpoint, this makes complete sense. Like, of course, like there's, there's, there's a gradient. And of course, like we exist in these different spaces. And, and I see that now on the collective being talked about as these last few years in, in a way that, you know, it's never been present before, um, it's been much more underground and it's always been here, but it's not been so, so loud. Um, and so it's, it's fascinating to me that you're saying that we're going into like a place of like honoring self, but also into the like release of like, okay, now we're going to structurally change this into the like Libra side of things. I was like, Ooh, this makes so much sense, at least from my personal journey and also the journey I'm witnessing so many folks navigate too. Yeah, I think that the conversations that you've been having for years will become larger conversations. Um, and I think I think you're right. I think that um, gender, that expression, that bodies will definitely become converse, part of the conversation in a big way. And also stories around ways in which people stifled their gender, their expression, their bodies in order to remain in the status quo of a relationship or in the status quo of the collective. Um, Libra also rules like what is beautiful and what is trendy. And so Mm -hmm. the release or the evaluation of those beauty standards or those trends um, and sort of examining like what their what their role is in our collective. Totally. Um, so yeah, a lot of, a lot of me and we, and how the me and we coalesce. Mm. And then yeah. there's one, there's one more big astrological thing um, that I want to talk about, which is also happening this summer. We have a Venus retrograde. And so yeah. um, I'm sure 
you've heard of a mercury retrograde. That is a retrograde we most talk about because it happens most often. It happens about three times a year um, where from the vantage point of earth, the planet appears to be moving backwards. Um, but it is a, an optical illusion that is meant to sort of like turn us inward. And so when Mercury is retrograde, we are reflecting, reassessing, reorganizing, doing all those rewords in a mercurial sense. So like on, on a cerebral planning, scheduling sort of vibe with Venus, it is a reevaluation of our relationships, our values, our self-worth and Venus retrogrades are the I wouldn't say the most, <laughs> but I'm going to say as, as of, a, as of like 2018 have been the most radical, uh, I can't even speak anymore. The most radical, um, retrogrades because, um, Uranus, which is the planet of surprise and upheaval has been in one of Venus's signs in Taurus since 2018. And so all of the retrogrades have been on a collective level radical in some way. We yeah. had. Like, I remember you talking about this in the yeah, last so episode. So you can go did. back to another episode. Yeah. yeah. Hear about that. But we have one in Leo this summer that will begin um, on July 22nd and it will carry us through September 9th. Okay. And when Venus goes retrograde, she transitions from a Um, an evening star to a morning star. And the evening star is the Venus that has like a Libra quality. It's the interpersonal relationships. It is the deriving of self-worth from within your relationships. It's sort of like learning to love yourself through the eyes of another. Mm -hmm. Um, And when she retrograde she dies and is reborn as a morning star and morning star is in the, in the vein of Taurus, which is like self-worth self-esteem really, um, loving yourself before loving anyone else that, you know, that thing, um, which is not an absolute, I know you guys know, um, (laughs) but it is a realignment with our values where the relationships Mm -hmm. we hold and the investments that we're making, that means, um, with our resources, our time, our energy, our attention, our money, um, are meant to be realigned with our value system. And so if you are in relationships, with people, with places, with things that don't ultimately align with your value system, they're going to become difficult. If you are investing or giving of yourself, your time, your energy, if you're spending money on something that doesn't actually align with your values, you love to travel, but somehow you're spending all your money on Grubhub, that's going to come to light. And so, and I think also collectively, I think we're seeing a lot of it now, but I think that we'll have a lot of like, strikes or call for reform or some sort of like revolt in like the entertainment industry in theater in you know already yeah it sure is Um, I think it's gonna be very very loud come this summer Mm. um but Venus retrogrades are always an incredible time to like witness the ways in which the relationships you hold around you are causing tension or causing like distress and evaluating like, well, what's at the core of that distress? Distress. Where is the misalignment happening? I have a prediction for my own life based on this. Tell me. Um, And I've not said anything about this and I will not get into the specifics for all of you wanting the tea, because as I've said on multiple podcasts in the past, I will not be talking about this on here just because I don't believe it. And it's not within my values and my integrity, 
but I'm pretty positive. And I bet you that that is when I will be going and being taken to court. Yeah, we're, I, um, we had agreed to like not go to court. Uh, that's all I'll say, but that is, uh, officially I found out this week now the path, um, despite mm. very much trying to not have that happen. Um, so yeah, I bet you that that is when my court date will be is like sometime in that window. I, I bet you. Interesting. Well, uh-huh. I will say, so Venus is what's retrograding. You have Venus in the ninth house, which is the house of legal matters. Oh, that's um, hilarious. And, <laughs> and you have Venus in Pisces, which is a very strong Venus placement. Mm-hmm. Um, And so that could be a really favorable time. Oh, that's good to for know. You. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like it has to be a favorable time given how things have gone we'll see how the system treats me um, yeah. because, you know, legal systems are rooted in all of the structures we've been talking about in this whole time. But um, yeah, yeah um, that's so, that's so interesting. I had forgotten mm-hmm. about that in terms of well, my being. And I will, I will also say, because it reminded me when you mentioned um, not sharing something entirely um this like eclipse cycle is also going to challenge you or bring you into considering how to best balance your public and private life to maintain safe like a sense of safety and and security and having a place to go back to that's like not viewed or not witnessed Mm. um and so that's going to be a huge theme for you for july and then 18 months after that that's fascinating Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet I bet you that that's what's going to happen. And then I will be like in debt up to my ears. I already am, but in debt up to my ears. I'm <laughs> being like, hey, hey, collective, help. I'm an artist and a freelance entrepreneur, and I don't know how to navigate this, but that's okay. That's a future problem for me. <laughs> for you, your eighth house son, like, it's about asking for help when you need it. Yeah. And I, that's been like my biggest lesson in the last few years. Like I being a recovering people pleaser, being somebody who also has so much generational trauma from the Holocaust, where it's like the resilience of just doing it yourself is like so present in my family tree. It's like wild that I just, I didn't, it's been so, it's been a practice of me to ask for help Um, and especially like in the last year, I physically had to, like, I was so unwell for so long that, um, and like even beyond, like in the last two years, like if I hadn't asked for help, I would, I would not be okay. I I don't, I don't know how how Mm -hmm. I would be on this planet. And so you would be a shell of yourself. Well, I was, and, and, and because, because of the rallying of community support, both in my interpersonal circle and inner circle who have been truly like the most champions of my life, but also like so many of the folks listening who have showed up in my, in my sphere in ways I just don't even know how to put into words. Like the asking for help has been something I have been practicing and like also learning how to receive and knowing that like, it's okay to receive these things. Like I give so much. That's like, it's what I feel like I'm put on this earth to do is to like be this lighthouse that overpours. Right. And, and to, but then it's like, okay, but you also need to replenish and you don't have to do it alone. Like, in fact, we shouldn't do it. And I use that word again, we shouldn't do it alone because we need others 
whether those are like our closest people in our lives or strangers on the fucking internet, like we need each other to survive. And so, yeah, um, asking for help has been a practice and one I will continue to, to do because YOLO. Yeah, no, but for you and your chart, it is a, it is a powerful practice and it is one that will change you if you let it. It's one that will empower you because, because it holds you accountable to being vulnerable. It's so and funny. Cause like I went to the full, like, did you see me do like YOLO? And I, I immediately went to like, I'm awkward now. I'm, I've been talking about this for too long. Now I feel resistance. Did you see that happen? And I'm like calling myself the fuck out on it because it's still well, and then Well, yeah. And then the Libra moon will sort of like override the vulnerability of the moment and be like, but it's fine, but it's totally fine. And like, everything is fine. And like, don't worry about me. Yeah. Like it's I'm fine. Good. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I just have to like reflect, reflect back to a Libra moon or a Libra rising. I'm like, do you recognize that you said the word fine five times and we're talking about something <laughs> catastrophic? <laughs> just to reflect back at you. Oh my God. Yeah. That was also like me a lot when I'm in my twenties of like being like, I'm fine. Like I'm great. Like, and the behind closed doors is like, oh shit. Oh, she it's, not, like that she not good. it's like that. It's like that meme of like the dog that's like sitting on a chair in a burning room. And it's yeah. just like, that's me I'm in here. Yeah. <laughs> Chilling, yeah. confident as ever, but fuck my life's falling apart. <laughs> no, just me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's so good to know. And like, I hope all of you listening can like, again, use these tools and these things that Jordan is talking about in a way to like, look forward, like look inward and also like come back as a reminder at the end of this year, like come back and listen to this podcast and be like, how did this show up for me in my life? Like use it as a, as a journaling tool, as a reflection tool, and also as a manifestation tool, which we are going to use that fucking term because why the fuck not like moving forward, like think about what dreams you have, right? Think about what you might be feeling called to create in your innest knowing. If you have that space, if your nervous system is feeling supported, supportive to that. Like think about how your nervous system might need regulate regulation and some things you could do there, like follow somebody who supports that. If yeah. you need that, I, I talk about that all the time on my TikToks, on my Instagram, like that's, that's my bread and butter baby. Um, and thinking about like, Oh, okay. Like how is the Aries energy like starting to like exist in my life? And like, what might that mean for me? And like, what is happening in my life right now? And, and how might that manifest in my, in the Venus and retrograde in Leo? Like once we come to the summer, like, you know, allow this to be a tool of like contemplation, curiosity, and Mm -hmm. then reflection when you come back. That's what I always use this for. And I, it has truly been such a gift for my own experience. Um, and I, and I hope you all use it in the same way and in the ways that feel, feel aligned for you and your needs. Yeah. Um, with that being said, um, first, my favorite use of astrology is in hindsight. I think it is the most powerful use of astrology. Of course, like if you want to get a year ahead reading with me or like a solar return reading, you want to know what a year, you know, has to offer for you thematically. Sure. But I always think it is so powerful to look back and to recognize the ways in which you were already in concert with the energy, how you were tuned in, how you were um, like just aligned, um, because that is magical. Yeah. And then also just the like, because you mentioned the dreams again, 
I just reiterate that like the dreams of Pisces and the dreams of Saturn in Pisces are not like achievable dreams. They're not like the dreams. Yeah. Of they're like the, the end of the picture. year. Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is like dream, the impossible yeah. dream, shoot for the moon, land <laughs> among the stars, because so much of what's happening now, um, one of my, one of my clients at my last moon gathering said it, of course, she's a Capricorn and a Capricorn would say something like this, but it's <laughs> what's happening now is you are planting a seed for a tree. You will never sit under. Mm. You are planting a seed. You are growing a vision and a dream for generations to come. Yeah. And we might never reap the benefits of that dream, but it is still our responsibility and so the dream work is not like, oh, and then in three years from now, my book will appear and it might, but it is the hard work of committing to something that everyone around you is saying, yeah, that can't happen. Mm. And you trusting yourself enough to know actually it can. Yeah. Oh, so good. I want to, I feel like it's a perfect place to kind of cap this, this episode. I, I appreciate you so, so, so much. And I just also want to say that, like, for all of you listening who are feeling like, I don't know, like, uh, like, like, you don't know what's happening in your space right now. Like, again, I just want to reiterate the thing that Jordan said, like, right before the second part of what she just said, of like, just trust that, like, you're in, co- the co- in concert with, with the world, like, you're, you're knowing it's there, even if you can't, don't feel like you can access it. Like it's there, it's present, like your, and that's, and and that's, it will always be there. It will always fucking be there because you are you and there is nobody else like you. And like, that is the magic in the world. That is your magic and whatever way you can and is accessible to, to like, you know, cultivate that and like, let it simmer and let it exist within you. Like that's how you move through the world. So that's just one fucking yeah. step at a time. Um, and I hope that this, this is, is a way that you can, you know, you can rock it out. And if you're feeling called to doing astrology in like a more intentional way, and also getting in Jordan's sphere, I know a lot of you already know her and probably already follow her, but just in case there are those of you who are new, um, can you remind everyone where they can find you online and book a reading and all of that good stuff? Yes. So find me online on Instagram at Jordan Shomare. Um, I'm your astrologer friend, but my handle is Jordan Shomare. Um, uh, my books are closed for readings for a couple weeks because my life needs me. Um, <laughs> but I will be back at the end of April. But if you're interested in getting a taste of my work or even hanging out with me, I do um, bi-monthly moon gatherings. So I do one at the new moon, one at the full moon. They're on the internet, so you can come from anywhere. Um, and it is... Uh, it is part ritual, part my excuse to get a bunch of strangers in a room to like laugh and cry and celebrate each other. And let me tell you that happens every time it brings me so much joy. Um, these moon gatherings like really are so enriching for Mm -hmm. myself and I hope for the people around me. Um, so those happen bi-monthly the next one is next week on the 6th 
um, via Zoom. All of the gatherings are recorded. So even if you can't make it, but you want to get a sense of like what little ritual we did or like what that full moon was all about, um, get a ticket. And then um, I have a weekly newsletter um, that goes out every Tuesday on Substack. It's called Astrologically Speaking, Advice with a Cosmic Twist. Um, Become a subscriber for five American dollars per month. And um, you will get lots of fun musings from me and advice and humanness. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't want to pay the five American dollars per month, um, there will be a free newsletter every so often. Um, so don't let that be a deterrent. I love that. Yeah. And all of that will be in the show notes for y'all. So you can easily click on all of those good things. Thank you, my dearest love. Like I truly, it was just, it's always a gift to be in space with you. Um, And especially since you've moved away from Chicago, I feel like I've been able to see you as much. So it's just so nice to see your face and to, um, to be in your sphere. And thank you for coming on the pod and just sharing, sharing your gifts, sharing your magic and sharing your heart. It's so appreciated. It's always such a pleasure chatting with you is the best. And there you have it. Thank you so much, Jordan, for coming on the pod again and being your magical self. And for everything we talked about in today's episode, you can check it out in the show notes, uh, either scroll down in your Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to podcasts, um, or you can go to amandacatherineloy.com forward slash podcast forward slash one five three. And just a reminder too, that all of the, uh, fucking queer merch is also in the show notes or anywhere basically in my links um, to use that code for 15% off to give yourself a little gift um, using the code queerdo uh, all capital letters um, and also that 100% of those proceeds from now until the end of pride is going to be going to a lgbtqia plus organization of our choice um, and really focusing on trans rights in this moment because that's where the support um, needs to be so yeah sending you all so much fucking love um if you love this episode go follow jordan um give her some love like send her a dm like we talked about at the beginning it really does mean the world um do the same for me if if that feels good um and always 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 if you know your heart is feeling full with this and you you felt dope about the episode um leave a review a rating it really does go a long way if you hated it don't do it obviously um, you know, wanting you to be in integrity with yourself. Um, it really does mean the fucking world. Um, and yeah, everything else you can do to support is as always in the show notes. Appreciate you all. I hope you have a really beautiful couple weeks and I'll see you on the flip side. Bye.